Be your own master by calling Steam Masters for all your cleaning needs. They do residential, pet odor, commercial, upholstery, tile and grout, water removal, area rug, fabric protection, and anti-allergen. These are all services available to you. Owner Scott Wind, a good friend of mine, is the best there is. His crew will get the job done right and the first time and save you money along the way. Contact Steam Masters today at 701-277-5597 or visit their website at FargoCarpetCleaner.com. Hello. Tyler Schmidt. Yes, sir. How's it going? Not too bad. Good, good. I'm uh, glad you could join me on the show today. I, uh, When you uh, reached out, um, it was funny when you reached out, I was like looking like a couple days prior at, at the, you know, I try and fill out a guest list, you know, just to kind of keep things organized. And it's funny, I had you like down on the list, but I was like thinking, okay, you know, I'll, I'll kind of work my way through. And then I'm like, actually, this works out better because with you and your coaching schedule, I'm going to guess that things are going to get pretty busy for you here as, uh, as, um, you ramp up in the fall. Cause aren't you, do you do coaching in the fall? Yes, I am a year long coach. Um, I do junior high during this, during the fall season and the winter season, but then dive back into varsity and legion for spring and summer. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, it was actually, I was actually laughing. I'm like, actually, this is going to be, this is going to work out better if I can get you on the show earlier and, uh, um, have a little chat with you. So welcome to the Backyards Dad podcast. I know we, uh, we've had you, we've had the chance to, um, converse on a podcast before. And when I was thinking back to that conversation, I was like, things have changed a little bit for us. So for, for those who don't know, Tyler and I are indirectly related. I think that's how you would say it. His cousin is, or his cousin, his wife is my cousin. And, uh, and so we've known each other for, oof, what, gotta be close to like six, six years, six. I suppose, is when we got married and I met you maybe once or twice before that. So probably a little over six years. Six, seven years. Yeah. So definitely uh, have known each other for a little while now. And, and certainly since then till now, a lot has changed in your life and um, we'll kind of get into some of that, but just to kind of refresh, um, Tyler, for people that uh, are probably new to the new version of the show, um, just kind of tell you know tell their listeners where you, where you grew up and um, kind of the you know what it was like you know as the younger version of you and uh, what kind of kept you busy and out of trouble. Sure. Um, so I'm originally from Butte, Dakota. That's a western uh, small town in. North Dakota. We are pretty much right between Dickinson, Bismarck, and Minot. If you make a triangle, we're kind of smack dab in the middle of that. Uh, there, I grew up playing football and basketball and baseball. Uh, I was lucky enough to get a baseball scholarship for college, and I went and played at Bismarck State for two years, and then furthered my education at uh, Moorhead, uh, MSUM, where I also played college baseball. And that's where I met uh, Blaine's cousin, Christine, and we eventually got engaged and married. Uh, after college, I coached for West Fargo's 
school district. I did basketball and football at their West Fargo High School and then baseball at Cheyenne High School. And then during the summers, I would coach Castleton's Legion baseball team. I did that for, geez, close to seven years, roughly. And then just recently, we decided to move back. Uh, my wife is from Hazen, which is real close to Beulah. And then obviously, uh, I'm in from Beulah. And we decided to kind of come back to a smaller town to raise our kids. Uh, we have a three-year-old, and then we just had a baby um, like four weeks ago. So we got two kids. Um thought a small town living was more of an avenue for us. Well, and before we get too far, congratulations on the little one. My uh, my mom loves to keep me updated uh, with all things happening in your guys' house. And frequently, I think if uh, Christine sends her any pictures, those pictures often get forwarded to me. And uh, yeah, it looks like you guys are, are in the trenches there with kids, as, as, as are we. Uh, Yep. with our three-year-old and uh, soon-to-be one-year-old. So um, it's a little different when you add that extra body into the house. You know, you kind of get comfortable with the one and you feel like, okay, yeah, we can can keep keep one of these alive. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, we got this other one over here. And, and all of a sudden the dynamic changes a little bit. How is, uh, um, how is Charlotte, uh, how is she handling her, her new um, sibling? Yeah, so I've been trying to go around with people I know and find someone who's got exactly, you know, almost to the day, three years difference between their kids. And I haven't found it. And I think it's because it's kind of the worst thing ever. Uh, <laughs> the new baby is great. Uh, sleeping pretty well, honestly, not very fussy uh, at all. But we're having a huge adjustment with just sharing the attention. Yeah. So Charlotte obviously loves her little sister and is actually pretty helpful at times, but everything that she was good at has regressed. Uh, bedtime has regressed. Eating supper has regressed. Getting ready for daycare has regressed. And it's mostly because I think she's just jealous with how much Sylvia doesn't have to do any of those things. Sure, yeah. Yeah, you she's know, probably so, thinking, like, how come this one gets to be held and fed all the time, and here I have to yeah. do all that myself? Yeah, so, like, I've been uh, real comfortable sleeping in a twin-size lofted bed, which I <laughs> didn't, didn't think I would have to do. Um, we, personally, I know I know this is more of the family-orientated show, so I can, I can dive into, for my fellow dads listening... We chose not to let Charlotte sleep in our bed because we have heard that, like, once that starts, it's very hard to break. And uh, so I can I can say as a dad win, Charlotte has never slept in our bed with us. As a dad lost, she currently wakes up anywhere between 1 and 3 in the morning and cries for us, and then I go into her room, and then I, the, like I said, the last two nights I've ultimately slept in the bed with her so it's funny that you mentioned that and i will also agree to that we said that early on as well we weren't gonna do the whole sleeping in bed with us uh for the same reason i had heard stories of like you open up that pandora's box and it is really hard to go back the other way especially if you get them 
used to being in their own room to start. You know, it's kind of mm-hmm. like yeah. they're already accustomed to one thing. And then, and so there have been instances, and uh, Lake and my wife will um, admit that she's been tempted to let Bridger, our oldest, just crash in our room. We have um, we have a TV in our room, which is literally just there for, like, to keep the peace at times when we're getting ready in the morning or whatever. He can just watch a movie. But in the evening, sometimes when we're relaxing and, and you know, she's reading and I'm I'm getting caught up on some things, he'll just hang out because um, our youngest is already in bed. He goes to bed at, like, 6.30 or whatever. So uh, same thing. It's like, well, do you want to just let him sleep in our room? And I'm like, no. And it's in it like there's a moment of like, well, maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And then I think, no, we've we've like made it this far where that it hasn't been an issue. You know, it's not even like an argument of like, okay, tonight he really wants to. It's like he just kind of knows that's not the expectation. And there was one time where he wasn't feeling well and I think we were going to let him. But he even asked to like go back to his room or like he didn't really want to. So, but to, to piggyback off of what you said, I have fallen asleep in his very small toddler bed and I'm not a big person. Tyler knows this. I'm not like, I'm not six feet, you know, I'm short and whatever. But even for me to like curl up in this toddler bed that's on the floor, I mean, it's like a six inches off the floor it is, it is, uh, I'm like, well, what you do for your kids, it's a prime example of like, if this helps him sleep and falls asleep, the big boy bed was kind of a challenge. I don't know for you guys getting Charlotte to, to like sleep in her own bed, like that wasn't the crib. If, did you guys have your battles with that? No, uh, we, we were lucky enough. She was pretty excited about it. We got her, uh, like a pretty sweet uh heart blanket that she was all jacked about so that was a a way we kind of tricked her into like being like you know i had the whole the whole bed set so the pillowcases and the sheets so she was excited to go into her bed it was she slept sideways on it for a long time yeah it was kind of strange because it was just i think it was just more she was like not used to having it so big but we were we were lucky enough where it wasn't a problem we've got the we've got the cars theme so we got lightning mcqueen we got we got the blanket we got the pillowcase the the sheet yeah we got the whole thing uh yeah bridger's thing was he you know we had heard mixed reviews on like whether you push you push the the whole big bed thing um you know after they turn two and and somebody had told us like you know it's if they're not necessarily like hurting anything by sleeping in the crib like you shouldn't feel rushed to do it well then crew showed up and we were like we got to get him moved to his to the you know to to the other uh or out of our room because he had been hanging out in our room for way longer than bridger ever did and we you know as parents and you know this it's like you get to a point where like okay we kind of need to claim our space back a little bit he's becoming more consistent in the night in terms of feeding let's see what we can do while the first like two weeks of this new well now see our kids share a room and that's I don't know if that's typical or you know if that's um but we just our our other bedroom would be downstairs and we don't feel quite comfortable putting one of the kids down here um how about do you guys will the kids each have their own space or will they have to share a room at some point 
So we are currently um, adding on to our home, oh, and nice. you're going to have to pop out here and see the new crib, and uh, I'll show you all the great things about Bila. But, uh, yeah, we were – so when we bought this house, it was a four-bedroom, two-bath house, and I liked the house, but I was like, I don't want to not have our own bathroom. So we bought the house with the sole plan of adding on. And we started that process uh, actually just like last week. Uh, they started pouring the footings for the new be- the new bedroom, closet, and bathroom. So oh, cool. the hope is if that finishes in a reasonable time, then we will have two bedrooms for each kid. Um, strictly because Charlotte is just, she's a very light sleeper. Like I'm talking like, if uh, she hears, you know, the door open to the bathroom, she's like, someone is out in the, you know, like yeah, very, yeah. very light sleeper. And we got the sound machine and the fan going in the whole nine yard, but she's just a light sleeper. So um, I don't want to fart around with Sylvia crying because when they're younger, they just kind of wake up and are scared and stuff like that. So the hope is that they have their own rooms just because they're a little bit further in age. I know that like, my sister kids are very similar and the same ages as yours and they share a room. I think that it's, it's almost easier when they're closer. Yeah. You know, like knock on wood, we've, we've been lucky with the whole transition. Like I said, there was, a, there was about a week there, a week and a half where it was like, Oh boy, what did we get ourselves into? But crew goes down well before Bridger does. I mean, and I shouldn't say make, but like, he goes down at 6.30, Bridger will go down at 8.30. You know, so, like, by the time Bridger goes in there, the only thing that I'm up against is, like, making sure Bridger doesn't, like, he just, we just have to remind him that, like, when he goes into the room, that crew is sleeping, and so we have to have our quiet voice is, you know, what we would call it. So, like, that's really the only thing that that has made me nervous because it's, like, as you know, when the when the new little one is sleeping, that is precious time that you're, like, please keep sleeping because, uh, you know, it's just that much harder to get the younger one back to sleep, you know, because they're just, they're in that routine of sleeping. And so our goal to long-term is, is probably not in this house, but our, our next home, uh, wherever that might be to have separate bedrooms, but then like what I think they, uh, you know, that, term of like the Hollywood bathroom so they have a bathroom that's connected and like they have their own space like right now the kids are are using our bathroom which is whatever again it's upstairs and it's where everything is but um I told Lake and I'm like yeah they're gonna need their own space eventually because it's just easier to have all of their shampoos and lotions and all this stuff I'm like where it's not overrunning our space which is I mean not a ton to begin with so um it's interesting how like when I hear other people and like kind of like the dynamic of like how they make that work and Bridger is the opposite of Charlotte he's a heavy sleeper like once he's down like I mean he has slept through crew like screaming in the middle of the night because he's hungry or whatever and I'm like the moment I hear it I'm like son of a bitch like I need you know I sprint out of bed and I'm like you know, hauling to try and make sure that the peace in the house doesn't get uh, disturbed too much. And Bridger's fast asleep. So maybe in some respects we've been lucky there. But um, 
yeah, that's good stuff. Before before we get to, too far, um, and I want to circle back with some of that because I had some I have some questions for for you as a fellow dad. But before we get in there, just talk to me about, and we're gonna kind of um, retrace our steps here. So you've you've done a lot of coaching, and that's one thing that you and I have talked about, and we often find a lot of commonalities in just because we both do coaching, and you're you've done a lot more coaching than I have in terms of just how long you've been doing it and you know you're more year round I'm more seasonal because I tend to just coach basketball so um talk to me a little bit about your first kind of experience as a coach and and was there any do you have any kind of fun comical stories about you know the first time that you were in charge of a group of young athletes and you know you were quickly reminded that uh coaching is is exactly what it is and it's trying to get a group of people to share the same goal as you was there is there any fun story that sticks out especially early on in your career sure um when i was in eighth grade we had a career fair and our career or like a career project i should say and they were like what do you want to be when you're older and i knew you know i was a pretty realistic kid i just knew that like you know i probably wasn't gonna go professional sports was not in my avenue even though i was you know obviously played three sports in four seasons and enjoyed it um so one thing i wanted to do is pursue coaching and i wrote down as an eighth grader that i wanted to be you know a physical education teacher and a coach and that was like you know easy peasy i'm gonna i'm gonna dictate my life going forward and i think you know as a teacher that's rare because kids don't always know what they want but Uh, I was lucky enough to be like, this is what I'm going to do. So right after my high school senior season, I missed coming, being able to come back to play Legion baseball by 10 days. Because if you are 19, but your birthday falls after January 1st, you can play again. So I missed it by 10 days, which was really sucked. But I was like, you know, I was lucky enough to get on as a Babe Ruth coach which is, you know, kind of like your junior high level. And then I was the assistant Legion coach and um, I, I enjoyed it. And we actually had a good group of kids for our Babe Ruth team, but we, we finished just short. Uh, we took second in our regional tournament. So we didn't make it to state and it was kind of BS because they had a time limit in, a, in an advancing tournament, which I've never heard of since or before. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I've never heard that. <laughs> so that was like kind of stupid, but whatever. That's a different different complaint for a different time. Um, but anyways, the next season I was like coming back and I, I knew I had a good group of Babe Ruth kids and I had a year of uh, two years of college baseball under my belt and I had a year of uh, Legion baseball where I was the assistant and we, we won our region tournament and the way it worked is you played a best of three series against another West um, district. And then if you won that, you made it to state. So we had to travel up to Hedinger to play uh, a three game series. And I had worked hard to get my CDL that year. Cause they had gotten a, a bus and, They wanted all the coaches to be able to drive. So I got my CDL and we're driving to Hedinger and we're making great time. And I was like, you know what? We're going to stop in and 
get some snacks, like get some waters, get some Gatorade, snacks, seeds, whatever they want, because Henninger is not really known for their concessions, especially at a Babe Ruth level. You kind of never know what you're going to get. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> we go and pull in. And one thing about a bus, rather than like my tiny car that I was driving at the time, um, the turn radius is not as great. <laughs> So sure. I just, I, there was no open spots and I kind of had a last second kind of veer off and go to, you know, in between the gas pumps. And what happened is the tail end of the bus hit a gas pump and the gas pump started oh. to leak gas. Oh my! And I'm like, I'm, a, you know, a 20 year old kid. I've never hit a gas pump before. So I go in and I'm like, Hey guys, like, I hit your gas pump and it's leaking right now. And the nicest people you'd ever see, they're just like, oh, yeah, okay. And they, like, shut it off. And I'm like, well, and they're like, well, do you have insurance or anything like that? And I'm like, I'm like I explained my situation. And I'm like, I got it. You know, I don't have this much time. I was thinking I had, like, five minutes to let these kids get some snacks and get out of here. And now this is becoming a whole event. So, luckily, uh, I had some parents just kind of pile up the kids on their in the the back of their pickups and drive over to Hedinger's field and then our assistant coach went with them and he got them going and I'm talking to these people and we get it all situated and taken care of and we go to play the game and I'm flustered because uh I just hit a gas pump and I don't know what's going to happen and it's a big game and I'm trying to get these kids ready to go and I knew we we were better than Hedinger and uh it was just funny that that was how it started and then on top of that we didn't play very well right away and the parents i bless these parents souls because i worked with them for a long time they were very very into the game so to the point where we were making mistakes and they're getting after their kids for making easy not making easy plays and the umpires are never perfect so they're getting after these umpires for not being perfect and at some point, I go over to the parents, and I tell them, you guys need to relax. Like, you are so high-strung. You're making our kids super nervous. Like, they're starting to get high-strung. And, like, I'm like, I can't deal with this right now. I've had a crazy day already. And, um, they, you know, they are like, okay, okay. And we end up winning the game, you know, 14-4. And we win the next game, like, 10-0. And we, and we go to state. But... It was just kind of my my first situation of having a lot of success, but all the like craziness that went into it. That was what stuck in my head when you said like, "What was a, a story that kind of stuck out to you?" You know, a there's a lot to unpack there, but it's it's. I mean, at 20 years old, yeah, I don't know that you know the wherewithal to like. I would have been panicking because it it was just this summer we were we were on our way back to Fargo. And we had stopped off uh, at a gas station just outside of Grand Forks. And this lady literally drove off with the pump still in the tank. And hose comes off. Like, she's, she's like, starting to drive away. And it was like, oh, my gosh. Like, that's my, that's my, my nightmare at the pump is that I forget to put it back and I drive off and gas to start spewing everywhere and i'm like we watched it unfold and and luckily they you know the technology nowadays and <laughs> somebody has de- developed you know like if that happens there's an automatic like shut off and like you're 
you're in a much better position. But I mean, to be that young and to have something like that happen, and then and then to go into a game, which yeah, I rightfully so, I would be super flustered, and I'd be like trying to calm myself down. And then you've got parents that you know are just they're amped up. I mean, was it kind of like like you can do this moment in terms of like being able to approach parents as like I mean you're 20 years old uh I mean that's young in comparison to a lot of coaches you know did you feel like I'm gonna be all right if I can if I can tell a group of parents that you know just want the best for their kid to like hey y'all need to to chill did that kind of give you a little confidence boost yeah I don't know I mean I would say from a from pretty early on that I've been pretty confident in my abilities. I think that you you know that as you've met me and that maybe that's some false confidence at times. But to me, I just for coaching, I try to rely on like a lot of my experiences as a player. And I've been lucky enough to be part of some teams that have gone on to state state tournaments. We've never I've never been a player who's won a state tournament as a high school student, but uh like I just always can remember being like when we show up, there are certain teams that you just knew you're better than and you knew like you weren't gonna lose to them, you're gonna lose to yourself. Right. And I tried I try to, you know, set, tell my, my players that as a coach is like there's there's gotta be just this confidence in your abilities that when you play these teams you don't beat yourself and then you got a good shot of winning. And I felt like that on that particular day was like, if as long as we play our game, we're not going to lose this to this team. But the way you beat yourself is by getting, building uh, the moment up too big and being nervous and not making those correct mental plays and stuff like that. So I would say it wasn't like I was, I was like, Oh no, now I've made it as a coach. It was just more of a, uh, I was lucky enough to be in a situation with good athletes. I had, I knew those parents wanted the best for their kids and they believed in me because they were, they were a great group of parents and they constantly would tell me like, you're doing a good job. And like, so that that's what gives you the confidence too, to be like, Hey guys, you trust me to get us this far. Now trust me when I say like, you're, you're hurting us by being so crazy right now. Like, let's chill out. And we'll be all right. So, and a lot of a lot of the times too, and you know, you, you can you can speak on this, is athletics and sports. There's so much routine that goes into it, right? Like you 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 get to a point where you're able to pre- you know prep your your squad, and they're just they're kind of locked into that routine of what they need to do. Well, well then when that routine gets kind of shaken up a little bit you know, it's like the first thing is you got to get yourself collected because they're, you know, it's kind of a domino effect. If if they see you kind of flustered, then it tends to permeate a little bit. I, I will say there was a situation this, this winter. Uh, I had the pleasure of, of getting to coach a, an eighth grade uh, team out in Horace here and which your uh, Christine, I think she like taught or like, yeah, like one of the kids was like went to her school at some point because I remember I posted a picture and and she's like oh my gosh so and so is uh you got to coach them and somehow she knew them anyway um we were we were supposed to go out to like the Dilworth Glendon area and 
it was like the middle of winter. It's like the weather's not great. And a lot of the times, as you know, like when you're coaching like these eighth grade teams or these younger teams, you're kind of just, you're going off of what everybody is telling you in terms of like, okay, what bus you're going to be on, you know, what gym you're going to be in. And like really nobody knows, you know, directly. It's just kind of like emails that come your way and you're like, okay, I guess this is where we're going. And so it's just your job to like get everybody herded to that one area. Well, this, we, we bust out there and... I, like, have been in Fargo long enough where, like, I know pretty well where, like, a lot of the in-town schools are, but when you start going out into, like, the Dilworth, Glendon, Holly, you know, like, you start venturing out, like, I'm not privy to, like, where everything is. Well, our our bus um, driver, you know, who, like, great person, great, like, great attitude, she asked me as we were driving, she's like, is it in Dilworth or Glendon? And I pulled up the schedule and I'm like, I think it's in Dilworth or I think it's in Glendon, whichever one is the further of the two towns. I forget. See, this is, this is how bad it is, but we're driving and like one of the kids like taps me on the shoulder and he's like, Hey coach, I'm pretty sure like it's not in this town. And I'm like, are you sure? Cause the schedule says like, I'm literally like me and this eighth grade kid are like trying to figure out where this game is we showed up in um let's see was it dilworth Uh, yeah it must have been dilworth because they have a brand new it was like dgf they have a brand new high school like gym and like basically facility we show up the high school basketball team is practicing at the time we show up and then there's another court off to the other side that's uh like got other teams practicing and I'm like this this isn't right like there should be games going on right now and so some lady who clearly could tell we did not know what we were doing was like yeah you guys are back you guys are back in the other town like that's so luckily she called over there called the coach told the coach we were on our way we literally I had the kids have to change in the bus we darted off and we didn't, we, I think we maybe warmed up for like a minute. The, the, the clock operator was like, how much time do you want coach? And the other guy, the other coach in, he was ready to go. His kid has been practice, you know, practicing for 30 minutes. He's like, you know, well, uh, give, you know, give him three minutes. And I was like, uh, okay, I guess we got three minutes. And we literally had three minutes and that was a game. We, we ended up losing and just, it was like, you were down to begin with anyway you know what I mean it was like yeah like the kids were flustered I was like I was you know like frustrated we were late and you know and it was really nobody's fault it's just one of those things where when not everybody's on the same page it's like okay this is what this is what happens so I can tell you that I've been in a similar situation where you're just like you're so flustered and you've got to you've got to keep yourself composed did you mention that you've did you coach out in Castleton, you said? Yeah, I coached uh, six years in Castleton, their Legion team. Six years, wow. That I didn't realize it was that long. I, I remember that you had coached out there, but I didn't realize um, that it had been that long. So, I mean, kind of thinking about your time, you know, coaching coaching back home, and then you, you've, you've spent, you know, a fair amount of time here in Fargo and, and coaching in Castleton and West Fargo, you know, 
what was kind of the biggest differences between your coaching experiences between the, you know, the two kind of, I mean, obviously size is going to, is the big thing, but you know, where you, did you have to coach to a certain, you know, to a certain point of view, you know, in one place or the other, was it kind of, or do they kind of overlap in ways that you're like, yeah, they're both kind of the same jobs, just different teams and personalities. So I got a job coaching with uh, my actually my assistant coach for my high school team was an assistant coach at Cheyenne and then became the head coach. And I worked with him and I had knew him for a long time. And uh, he had, you know, similar coaching ideas to what I had. Uh, The actual my first head coach, his name was Joel Swanson. I learned a lot from him just because he was a lot different than uh, any of the coaches I ever had. He was a, a real black and white kind of like tell kids exactly what he was thinking, which I hadn't seen before. You know, if a kid would be like, you know, why am I not playing? He would be like, oh, this kid's better than you. You know, like just very blunt <laughs> yeah. and be like, there's no sugar coating. And he was just like, if you don't like it, then, then do something about it kind of guy. And, um, I liked that because I was like, I I do think there's times where you can use that approach. I don't necessarily think that I do that all the time, but like I have become more black and white um, because of him as a a mentor. And, uh, and then once I got that job with Cheyenne, I got to meet a lot of the powers to be in West Fargo baseball. And if you are in the Fargo, West Fargo, Moorhead area, you probably know West Fargo baseball is like a huge deal. And there's some, you know, some pretty well-known people that are in charge of it. And one of them was the West Fargo Packers coach. He is kind of the president of the West Fargo baseball board. His name is Todd Rowe. And Todd reached out to me and asked me if I was interested in doing um, any Legion baseball because he knew I had done it in Beulah and I wasn't going back. And I said, yes, and he got me set up with Castleton. And I met with uh, my boss over there. His name was Stefan. Uh, and I hit it off with him. And then I kind of just started doing my own thing. Um, the big difference between Castleton and Cheyenne would have just been early on for Castleton. We, we didn't have the best uh, cohesion of a team. It was the one thing that they had was like their grades had played with each other so much that they didn't necessarily get to play with uh, like older kids or younger kids. It was just kind of they had a lot of kids that they had played with and you could feel almost a divide amongst the kids. And it took a while to get the to get the team to be not so selfish. I had a lot of a lot of kids early on that cared you know more about their their own stats and less about um the team and then also it was it was definitely my early years in castleton it was definitely a football school which in football obviously the season doesn't start till the fall but you can do a lot of stuff over the summer for football Mm -hmm. and when we had to deal with kids missing um for football whether it was a shrine bowl or camps or uh, different things like that, which just made it a little bit more difficult to have as much success as you wanted. Well, obviously at Cheyenne, with the numbers being as big as they are, um, we had a we had a lot of players that 
their favorite sport was baseball. They spent a lot of time in the off season working on baseball and it was just very evident that these kids goals were to play baseball at the next level. And, um, the entire time I was at Cheyenne, we just had, we've had a ton of success. Uh, they've, you know, when I was part of two state championships, I, I made it to the state tournament five times. I, I lost the first year there. We lost in the state championship. And then, uh, most recently they won again. So, I mean, I, even though I wasn't at the school last year, I still felt like a lot of pride. A lot of those kids I had coached before and to see them do well was exciting. So, the level of like almost instant success at Cheyenne was kind of a different feeling with Castleton where you had more of your ebbs and flows. Yeah. But what was cool at Castleton was there was a big history of baseball. Um, so like there was almost like an old timey feel with the uniforms and, you know, a lot of the parents were from Castleton and had played baseball and you, you felt that sense of community behind the team. And then once we got the the kids that, you know, started caring more about baseball and baseball was kind of their first and first priority and their sport that they loved, uh, we started having success. And my last year with them, uh, we actually won the state championship for Legion. So that was really cool to kind of cap off my last, my last uh, baseball experience with Cheyenne was the state championship. And then my last baseball experience with Castleton was the state championship. And then I came back to Beulah and, you know, it was just kind of back to square one in a sense where we had a lot of older kids here that their priorities were, are not baseball. And uh, some, you know, when you're dealing with that and then you have a lot of younger kids, we got a younger team where we just didn't have a lot of upperclassmen. Um, so now I'm kind of back into, you know, ingraining that like team first atmosphere, uh, trying to put more of an emphasis on baseball. So it's, so I'm not saying everybody's favorite sports has to be baseball, but like you gotta, if you're not doing anything else, I'd like you to come do an, an off season workout or something like that, because that's the teams that have the most success and I want them to be successful. And it was tough this year because when you go from being on top like that and kind of getting your programs exactly how you want it to, to a rebuild, like you feel, I'm not going to lie. I, I definitely felt like times like, did I make the right decision? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a, you know, that's a ground up process. I mean, and then anytime you, you change sceneries, even though it's, it's kind of a familiar scenery. I mean, it's a, it's, it's where you grew up, but it's like now being on the other side of it where you're, yeah, you're kind of in charge of the foundational, you know, theme of like how a program is going to be successful. Yeah. By, you know, getting, getting the buy-in, I think is, is the, the thing that coaches are always up against nowadays, especially just with, um, and it's kind of a show me, show, show the world, you know, you as opposed to what you as a team are doing. Um, I think that's always a, a challenge, you know, what would you say, you know, like now as a, as a father of two kids and, and kind of looking, looking at the, you know, you know, down the road, you know, what is your expectation of, of your two girls, uh, when it comes to sports and just how they approach it? And, and by that time, you know, you'll really have had, you know, a pretty good run of coaching experience under, you know, underneath you, 
where do you sit with, uh, you know, how you're going to approach that and, and, and the difficulties that you might be up against by the time your kids are doing those type of things? Well, to backtrack a little, I bought a four-bedroom house to turn it into a five-bedroom house just in case my wife decides to keep having girls. So (laughs) I still have two more opportunities. She (laughs) says we're only having one more, but I said if we have another girl, we got another room. So um, I don't know. I Like you, I think that the one thing that I've always respected about you was um, when you talk to – when I talk to you or when I see you talking to other people – I feel like you're trying to absorb as much information from them. And part of that, when you talk to, you know, other coaches or other fathers who have done it or are doing it, the number one advice that I've gotten from coaches who have children in the kind of the age group of where they're at, they said, you know, just don't push your kids into anything. If you push them into something, it's probably not going to go out well anyways. So that's going to, you know, as much as there's not a ton of things to do in Beulah other than sports, I'm going to hope that they choose to do that. But if, if they would rather, you know, uh, do something else, then, then that's what it's going to be. I think when they're, you know, four, five, six years old, you put them in activities just to get the jitters out. Mm-hmm. But by no means am I going to try to turn them into, you know, like prodigies at the young age. I think that if they, if they want to stick with it and they want to go and work on skills and stuff when they're younger, then I'm definitely going to try to be able to do that as much as possible. But I'm not going to try to say that next year when Charlotte can start soccer, she's going to be the next Alex Morgan or anything like that. Like we're going to just try to try to play a cool. Um, my dad was a college baseball player. And I didn't start playing baseball until I was a 11-year-old. And I, I know for a fact that wasn't easy on him. But when I started, I went to a couple. I, would, I didn't like t-ball. I went to, you know, coach pitch. And I didn't enjoy that. And um, I just didn't, I didn't like it. So he said, I'm not going to push him on it. And then when I started, you know, obviously I was one of the only people that stuck with it as long as I did. So if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Um, but I'm going to try to just let them be their own people. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's almost cliche to say, but you know, that is kind of the, the secret sauce, I think to just, to not putting that undue pressure, you know, and then like, and you've had, I'm sure you've had conversations with, with Christine and, and I know I have with Lake and it just like, I think as dads were, were wired to be like, okay, what can we get them in? You know, you're always kind of looking at, okay, what are what are other people doing? Should I be doing it? You're kind of, you, you try not to play the comparison game, but you do kind of to a fault. And I know, you know, and you know this, having lived in, in a town like Fargo, it is, it's a very centralized um, kind of system of like, who's doing what? And I know there's going to come a juncture whether, you know, we're here in Fargo or we're elsewhere, uh, you know, that's going to be like this need for like, well, Bridger needs to be doing this because it's his butt, you know, we have friends, kids are doing it, you know, and it's like, I'm going to have to constantly remind myself that like, that's not how I was ever pushed in anything. I mean, growing up in a small town of Mohaw, which is much smaller than Beulah, uh, if you can believe that, it's... I mean, you had to play because there wasn't enough kids, you know, so like you were almost hurting the team if you didn't come out just because they couldn't feel the team if you didn't have the the numbers. So 
you were kind of inversely up against that all the time. But um, I know Lakin tells me, you know, she just subtly reminds me. She's like, you need to make sure that you understand that they're young and it's they have a lot of time to figure out what they want to do. And if they really want to do it, they'll tell you. That's That's another thing that I think once you start having kids, I mean, sometimes it's just listening, you know, and a lot of the times you know, I want to remedy the situation or I want to make things better. But oftentimes if I just sit there and listen and, and Bridger, you know, even though he's two and a half, three, I mean, it's amazing how communicative young kids can be if you just give them a second to like vent, you know? So, uh, I think a lot of ways there's parallels that we'll draw from that and then being in sports and all the extracurriculars. I, I've always said like, if our, if my kids decided to never pick up a ball or anything, it wouldn't bother me in that as long as they're finding something to do that's they're passionate about and they want to put their time and energy in then whether it's it's being more musically inclined uh you know they want to do stuff more with their hands whether it's building ffa i'm not really sure how i feel about ffa i'm not like totally on board of having like sheep and goats and <laughs> pigs and stuff in the yard um but i mean again it's like you always think like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, then your kid comes to you one day and it's like, you know, they got that look on their face and it's like, how could you devastate them by saying no? Unless it's like a snake. No, like I have no problem saying no to snakes and, and uh, rodents of certain varieties. But anyway, that's that's neither here nor there. But it's interesting. You know, I think you're right. I think it's uh, you just you can't you can't be a pressure cooker because it just it doesn't. Yeah, like you said, it really doesn't pan out. You know, and even if it does, there's probably some resentment a little bit, probably not right away, but, you know, if, if uh, a few years out of playing, you know, whether it was at a, at a collegiate level or whatever, it's like, yeah, you know, I had a good time, made some memories, but it wasn't, you know, as free-flowing as it could have been. Um, yeah, so it's interesting. Um, as we kind of kind of wind down here, Tyler, the, the last few things I wanted to just you know, ask and, um, you know, now being, now being in this kind of new circle of two kids, you know, what are, what are some things that you and Christine are doing to kind of find the time to balance for yourselves? You know, do you guys, do you guys, are you able to sneak out and, and go have a date night here or there? Or are you guys planning on taking any trips or anything without, without the little ones? Or are you guys kind of just hunkering down now that school's back in session? Cause Christine, for those who don't know, she also is teaching in uh in Beulah right or is it Hazen is she in Hazen Beulah yeah, yeah she's yeah. teaching in Beulah yeah so you guys are both teaching you know so you guys are kind of bound to that uh that that schedule in terms of uh you know now this time of year is is, is busy but are you guys doing any future planning for trips or anything like that well if you know my wife which I know you do um one thing that she enjoys is her time. So it has <laughs> always been just tough to get her to go out on dates with me, period. <laughs> uh, now with two kids, it's even more tough, but we do, you know, I do try to get her to come out. Um, we are lucky, you know, one of the pros for being back here is we have a really good group of people that have uh, kids that are similar in ages. So, we can go out on a group date and the kids can kind of all play. Uh, we can kind of 
hang out as a group of adults, which is nice, or we can go to a backyard and have the kids kind of run off and we can uh, kind of veg out and stuff like that. So that's been nice. Obviously, we're a lot closer to family. So we were able to go out on our anniversary, um, which was August 12th. So a couple days removed from that, we were able to go out and uh, enjoy supper. We did bring the Sylvia with because she can't go too far away from us, but she slept kind of the whole time. So as as much as I would say um, I wish we would go out more, I have to respect the fact that I that's like what I like. You know, that's my thing is um, I would like to go out and spend time and do things, and Christine would like to stay in and do things. So you got to have to respect that. I, I do think that um, with kids, it's, you know, you, you sacrifice some time as husband and wife. I'm, I was really hoping that we would have a boy so that we could be done. Um, and, <laughs> but like, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah. Um, but we, you know, we've been able to go out to the lake and, and spend some time together, but we, we, we enjoy spending time with our kids too. Though. Um, like to me, especially when we can go do fun stuff like that is not always a burden. Now, um, I am still like, like I was before when I was in Fargo and Blaine can attest to this, like I will find my ways to get out of the house cause I can't, I, I get cooped up. So, um, a lot of times I'm putting both kids to bed, putting Christine to bed. And then that's when I'm taking off at nine thirty to go grab a beer with buddies or, uh, whatever it is. Um, because I, I need that for myself, but. Yeah, it's a. I don't, I don't know. It's a hard. It's a hard. You know, it's we're still figuring out how to navigate that, especially now with another child. Well, and it's and it's the dynamic only changes. You know, it, it doesn't. It'll get a little bit. You know, in terms of uh, independence. You know, with the kids, it'll it'll get a little bit better as they get older, obviously. Um, but yeah, much like you guys, um, I would say Lakin and I are, are kind of almost opposites. You know, she. She likes to get out, likes to, you know, kind of plan. She plans all of our weekends in the, in the summer, you know, so I pretty much just ask her what we're, what we're doing and, and she'll tell me, but, um, yeah, I think it's, it's interesting. Like you, you, like you said, you want to spend all the time you can. Um, but there are times where it's like, I gotta go, like, I gotta go. I mean, and I remember when, uh, I would come see you once a week at the West Fargo high school to play pickup and like. I often tell Lake and I'm like, that was so much fun. It was so like not important in the grand scheme of just like what we were trying to do or accomplish at the time, you know, which was save money and build a house and, you know, whatever. But it was like so needed that like, you know, just to like, she would, she would watch her shows or something or do whatever. And, and then I just knew like, yep, I'm going to the high school I'm going to play pickup and then we're going to go out for beers afterwards. Like that was, and I like looked forward to that every week. Uh, and now that, now that the boys are getting a little bit older, I want to get back into something like that this fall, but, um, certainly won't be the same without, without you in town. But, uh, yeah, that was fun. Like it is so like, I look back, I'm like, that's such a like basic thing to be doing, but you get to a point in an age where you're like, that's really all I want to do. You know, like I don't need to be gallivanting off to said location or destination you know uh, every couple of weeks or something it's like yeah I'm pretty content on doing our thing here but 
mix in a night, you know, out, you know, for some drinks yeah. and, and just like adult time, like you said, just to like converse with other adults. Cause you don't realize how often you're talking to your, your, your kids. And it's like, I don't think I've had an adult interaction today or like, I, you know, ask like an adult question and it's not centered around, you know, Lightning McQueen or the Incredibles or, you know, whatever, but, um, yeah, it's interesting. I'll have to, I'll have to bug Lake and, uh, we've been, we've been wanting to get out your guys' way. We, uh, you know, it's like every once in a while we're like, we got to swing through and see Tyler and Christine and the kids. Cause it's like, we can't go years and years without seeing each other. And then our kids are getting older and it's like, they are not going to know your, their cousins. And it's like, well, we don't want that. So we'll have to figure out a time to come out West and, uh, and bug you guys one weekend and you can uh, like yeah, i said i haven't been to sure. Beulah. I, mean, I don't even know if i've met crew yet That's no how long it's been. no I, mean... <laughs> uh which i'll tell you he's a lot different than bridger in terms of size bridger uh was just like an ultra peanut and uh crew is not that he dude packs away food more than like and he's still small like the funny thing is like when other people meet him they're like oh he's like whatever. And I'm like, yeah, I guess you don't see him every day, but like to us, considering both kids were premature and now looking at crew and just like, he's the, the crazy thing is, is he's in the same, we're working on potty training with Bridger, but Bridger's in a pull-up. His pull-up is the equivalent of Bridger's diaper or excuse me, of crew's diaper. Like they're both wearing essentially the same thing, just two different styles of, of, of diapers. So like, and one's 10 months old and one's going to be three, you know? So like to just put it in a frame of reference, it's kind of crazy for us as people that don't ever envision having like big kids, you know, it's like, Oh yeah, he's really packing it away. But Tyler, I've, uh, I've gone over the time here and I know you, you've got bigger and better things to do with your day. Um, I appreciate you being on, like I said, we'll have to get together soon. And um, my goal with this show is eventually to do recordings like video recordings. So down the way we'll have to find and when I when I said I want to do video recordings I want to do them in like really unique places so if I ever venture out uh out to Beulah and we and we set up a video recording of this of an episode you got to think of a cool place that we could set up uh, as long as there's an outlet or an extension cord that we could plug into somewhere um I always thought it'd be cool to do like an interview in the middle of like the baseball field. I know you're a baseball guy. So to like literally yeah. set up a booth out in the middle of a, you know, out by the pitcher's mound or at home plate or something just to give it a really cool feel and different. I don't know how many times you've ever done a, an interview at, at home plate. <laughs> so, uh, you'll have to think of some places that we could maybe go. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's every time I do this, I'm always like, I could have talked for another hour. I mean, we didn't really dive in where your head was about raising kids in a, a big city compared to a small city and, and how, how much different that is and how much that weighed into, you know, coming back. And I think that that's just, you know, there's a lot of good dad stuff we didn't even address yet. So we'll have to do it again. We'll have to do it again. Let's get it on video. So people know that we're real and, uh, <laughs> we'll have to, uh, maybe, you know, I think it, in, in, I've kicked around the idea. I know it's a, it's a dad geared podcast, you know, talking to the dads of the world but I think it would be fun just one time or a few time to bring on the wives as, you know, they're kind of the united front of the wives 
council and you got us dads and it would be kind of fun to put some topics on the table and get some uh get some debates going about uh why we do the things we do and why they do what they do and and uh and how it all comes together that could be entertaining um yeah for sure and i know and i know i know your wife she's got a big personality so she would be raring to go if you put a mic in front of her yeah, as long as you could get her on camera, that would be the tough part. Is she would, I don't know if she'd go for it, but she'd be definitely be able to complain about all the things that drive her nuts. I think as her favorite, me. as her favorite cousin, I think she would make an exception. She'd be like, "I wouldn't do this for anybody else except you," and that she loves Lakin, so it'd be like, "Okay, I'll do it for them," but that's it. And I'd be like, "Perfect," and we can cut anything that you don't like. That's the beauty. Of it. That's the beauty of it. So. Um, anyway, Tyler, I'll let you go. Appreciate you um, coming on today on the Backyards Dad podcast. It's always a pleasure. Say hi to everybody. Give my best to the new little one. Um, anxious to meet uh, meet her and, and catch up with Shar uh, when we can. And um, hopefully, you have a great start to your uh, to your school year. Both of you guys. All right. Thanks a lot. Like I said, anytime you let me know. All right. Thanks, Tyler. Have a good one.